Um, so do you guys ever, anybody in here ever watch uh, John Christ videos? You know, John Christ. So he's a comedian. He's, I'd say he's a Christian comedian, but I've heard him in interviews say, you know, don't put a label on me. I'm a, I'm a, you know, there's not black comedians and redneck comedians and Christian, you know, there's just comedians, but he's a Christian comedian. Um, but he's good. I mean, he's really good. But, you know, I say that because he's safe. Like, you can go to his page and you can watch his stuff, you know, on, on YouTube and he's hilarious. Um, so he's really found his groove in these three minute videos. And I, I saw one recently that I enjoyed. Um, but be warned, the sarcasm and the passive aggressive digs are, are nonstop. So let's go ahead and, and play play that video and, and uh, mute my mic so you don't hear me laughing. Previously on Church Hunters. This is your first church. This is Creekside First Baptist. Honestly, right up front, uh, didn't love the name. The Sunday morning experience was just a little too traditional. Hey guys, how we doing? Hey, good. Doing how are good, you? doing good. So I know you didn't love the traditional vibe of the last place, okay? Yeah. okay. But I think this church is really going to do it for you. Yeah. It takes relevance to a whole new level. Behind me, you will see molded clay, jar art, tapestry, canvas, mosaic wow. church. Mm, I love beautiful. it. Right? So you've, you've heard of interdenominational. Mm-hmm. Right. And you've heard of non-denominational. Mm-hmm. Well, this church identifies as interdenominational. Wow. Wow, that's, that's perfect for it. us. It really is. But here's the kicker. A lot of celebrities go here. Yeah. What? Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> we love him. Yep. We really do. Ben Higgins from ABC's The Bachelor. Perfect. Several Real Housewives. Ooh, and... Know. Usher even came here one time. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, well, follow me. Come on. Let's do it. So refreshing. Honestly, that last church was just way too traditional. It was yeah. too much. It was like we left there feeling convicted. Like, oh. ugh, right? Right. We're just, we're looking for more of a Tony Robbins type sermon. Like inspiration, like a TED Talk with a Bible verse. Yes. Oh, yes. Right? It's perfect here. We love it. It really is. We love it. Awesome. Cool. Well, you guys know a lot of contemporary pastors speak out of the Message Translation Bible. Mm -hmm. Right. Or this pastor speaks out of a brand new translation. It's the Tumblr Bible. Shut up. We love Tumblr, though. This is great. A lot of emojis, a lot of abbreviations. Oh, I couldn't ask for And how many seats in here? Oh, it is 6,000 altogether. Babe, 6,000. i got to be in this worship band. Imagine me... Up on that jumbotron, mid guitar solo. Do you know how many Instagram likes you get? Oh my gosh, we find it hard to find a church right now because I grew up Catholic. I grew up Baptist, so so like we we drink. Yeah, but in private. I mean, obviously you get it. Basically, in terms of like worship, I think we're looking for like a Jesus culture type feel. Oh, I love them. Hillsong, obviously. Oh, we do the cross. Hillsong is great. Like a Bethel minus the spontaneous stuff. Yeah. Just for me, I connect in worship more when the leader is attractive. Personally, I'm a Carrie Job guy. Oh, okay. Well, she's married. Um, so is Christian Stanfield. Wow. So one of my personal favorite things about this church is the service times. Okay. There's an 8.30, a 10, a 1 o'clock, a 5.30, and even a 7 o'clock service. Oh, there's nothing around like 2-ish? Yeah, for us... For what we need, two two fifteen is best. Yes. 
Uh, how many songs do they do during worship? Usually five, five and a half, depending on where the spirit leads. Oh, wow, babe, is that is that a, a lot? lot? Well, if that's too much for you, they have a program here called the Worship Assist Program. Okay. So if you ever get tired during worship, an intern will come out and just hold your arms up. You just keep worshiping the King of Glory. Just like that. Wow. I love it. Um, you can still look super spiritual. And my arms get so tired from yoga. Oh, same. I actually like this church. I think we can make it work. It was all right. I mean, it was it was good. But pers- like, I emailed the pastor, and he didn't immediately respond. So uh, we're taking these vessels elsewhere. All right. <laughs> I I watched it several times and laughed every time. Um, the line, you know, for worship, we're looking, you know, for, for like a Bethel minus the spontaneous stuff. And like today was like all spontaneous stuff at Impact Rock. So, so, you know, comedians, especially comedians like, like John Christ, you know, they, they make their living off of snark. You know, they make their living off of sarcasm. Uh, and, and that sarcasm and that, you know, that vibe, um, it's good for a professional comedian because it allows us to maybe look at some ugly traits or ugly truths or ugly habits, um, but, you know, in a funny way. So it's still kind of palatable. But I, I want to say this. If we follow that lead of sarcasm and snark and that passive aggressive, um, then we eventually get defined by negativism. But by negativity, by criticism, by cynicism. And as the body of Christ, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we're to be defined by love, by grace, by mercy, by trust. Go ahead and turn to the book of Philippians because we will not leave the book of Philippians. And go ahead and turn to Philippians 4. And that's where I'm preaching from today. And, and if... If you don't love Philippians 4, you don't know Philippians 4. Because to know Philippians 4 is to love it. it. It has some of the most powerful, just single passages of Scripture um, in the whole Bible. Um, and there's many things can be preached out of Philippians 4. You know, 4.13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Um, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Um, be anxious for nothing, which actually I, uh, that will be included in my passage today. Today, I hope to equip us with one of the most powerful sentences that you will ever read in Scripture or anywhere else. And that's Philippians 4.8. So as Paul is wrapping up the last bit of his letter to the church at Philippi, He says this in verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This scripture is about attitude. This scripture is about trust. And it's about what we put our focus on, or specifically who we focus on. It's also about allowing peace to shield us. And it's about equipping us with a practical strategy 
a practical tactic to keep our focus on the Lord, to keep our attitude pure, and to keep our heart light. So that was Philippians 4.8. Let's check out Paul's previous two sentences. So Philippians 4.6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, and supplications asking. That's what supplication means. It means making requests, asking. But in everything, by prayer and asking, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So after we set our hearts on God, after we set our minds on God, after we've had this this stance of resolve, where we've purposed in our hearts, okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to remember you. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to exalt you. And then I'm going, to, I'm going to lay my petitions. I'm going to lay my request before you. And I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you to help me. We establish that stance. And then we pray. And we trust. And we rest. And we trust that it's in our dad's hands. And then check this out. We don't try and figure it out. We don't then take it from our daddy's lap and then try and solve it. We don't try and say, okay, I prayed, Lord, I give it to you. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, I need to really fix that problem I just gave to the Lord. That's counterproductive. That's, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, to believe who God is and trust Him. Now, that doesn't mean we do nothing. Um... I, I had a just a frustrating stretch of my day on Wednesday. Uh, found that, you know we're applying for a, a, a refi because we have to do our backyard and so we're doing a cash out refi. And been dealing with the mortgage company and they've been great, they've been wonderful. And uh, they pointed, they, they brought my attention to a problem that was going on, and that was the fact that my my tax return and what I what I submitted to them and what the IRS has were different numbers. I said, oh yeah, I, I can explain that. I, we did our taxes, and then I immediately caught an error. I called my financial guy, Joey Bocci of Joey Bocci Financial, and uh, called Joey. I'm like, Joey, what, what's going on? And he's like, no, that shouldn't be. Call your guy back. Called him back, said, hey, you interpreted that line wrong. That number is different. This should be lower. And uh, it was probably 20 minutes in between. And so he, he had a window and he said, okay. And so he resubmitted it, but he didn't do an amendment. And so the IRS doesn't show any of that resubmission. It just is saying that we should have amended our taxes. So because I have reported the other numbers and they, the IRS has the bigger numbers, we got denied. And so I was very frustrated. I was frustrated that, you know, that we didn't, that I'm like, gosh, this should be easier than this. Everything's in order. I'm frustrated about the taxes and the IRS and all that. So I come to prayer. And like I'm like praying, Lord, I just give everything to you, Lord, I trust you. But then at some point I'm like, hey, everybody, um, pray for me. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, here's what's going on, and can you pray? And then we went back to praying. And then Don interrupted, and he goes, hey, the Lord just spoke to me. And, uh, and he says, I've got this. 
He says, I got it. You're good. It's taken care of. So, so we went back to praying and I just found peace. I'm like, Lord, you've got this. You've got this. You said you've got this. So when I went home, I knew that that amended return had to be turned in. So I wasn't going to ask the Holy Spirit to try and do that. I had to do that part. I had to fill out the amended return. Then I went to bed. And in the morning, I called the IRS. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's great. You've got the, you got the return. You have to bring it in. Uh, so you have to set an appointment. I'm like, awesome, awesome. Uh, is it possible to get something for today? And uh, this was Thursday. And he goes, yeah, uh, June 21st is our first opening. I'm like, can I, can I just go down to the... I already looked up the address. It's 1999 Broadway Street. Can I just go downtown? He's like, buddy, I'm sorry, but you won't even be able to get in the elevator. You have to have a code to get in the elevator. But it's up on the 17th floor and, and they won't even let you in. So I get off the phone and I'm like, the Lord told me he's got this. The Lord told me he's got it. And so I just need to head down to the office and turn it into them. Because my dad said, it's, it's done. So that's what I did. I hopped in the car. I went down there, paid for parking, walked across the street. Didn't know how I was going to get in the elevator, but I, I started praying. I said, Lord, I'm asking you to open doors. And Lord, I'm asking you to move upon the hearts of those who rule. And both those are, are scriptural prayers. So I get inside and I'm, there's one guy in front of me and the girl behind the counter, she's not really paying attention. She looks up and she has two people and she's like, oh, she's like, I'm popular today. I did, I'm sorry for keeping you guys waiting. She's like, can I help you? And the guy looks at me and I go, no, you were here. And uh, he said, yeah, I've, I'm heading up to the, um, you know, IRS. She goes, do you have the elevator code? He goes, yeah, I've got the code. She goes, okay, uh, punch that code into elevator H. And she goes, and you're IRS too? And I go, yeah. She goes, just follow him. So I'm in the elevator and I'm like, well, you opened the doors. <laughs> Literally, you opened the doors. And then, then when I got up there, went through the metal detector and, and stood in line. And I said, look, I have an appointment, but it's for June 21st. And I'm asking you to, can you, can you help me? And I just kind of shared where I was at and with the refi and everything. And I said, my, my mortgage company said, if they see a stamped version of my amended return, They'll accept it and they'll process my refi. Can you can you do that for me? And the woman behind the counter was the most anti-IRS stereotype you could imagine. She was like this sweet grandma. I'm surprised she didn't make me cookies. She was so kind. And she was like, We you know, problems happen and things happen and, and and we're going to take care of you. So once you go sit down over there, there's people ahead of you that have appointments, but it's going to work out. You go sit down. So I go and sit down, and I'm just praying in the Spirit because you can't have your devices out, and I didn't bring a book, so I'm just praying in the Spirit. And uh, she walks over, and she goes, I want you to know that it's going to work out. She goes, we're going to get you in there. She goes, now, I'm going to go take a lunch break, but I've already told the other woman at the desk that, that when these others get done, that she's to send you in. But, but we're going to see you today. This, you're going to leave here, and it's going to get taken care of. And literally, like my eyes like welled up with tears. I'm like, thank you. That's awesome. And then I'm just praising God. So I waited maybe, in, in all, I maybe waited an hour. And sure enough, they, they called up my number. I went in, took five minutes. He stamped it. He's like, have a great day. I got able to get, I was able to get home, get my daughter to soccer tryouts on time, but the whole time I'm glorifying God. But see, God spoke a word and said, I've got you. I've got this. 
And I'm like, well, if God's got this, then that means I might as well show up down there and just hand it to him. And and that's exactly what he did. When we set our hearts in a place of trust and faith and belief, and then we ask God, you guys, we might as well just all hear what, what Don heard from the Lord, and that's, I got you, bud. I got you, sweetie. I got you. We've got to trust our God. We've got to trust that He's our strength and our healer and our provider and our defender. We've got to trust that. God's peace is there to so impact us that we're just consumed by His peace. That passage, if you can bring up that, that verse 7 again. It says that his peace surpasses or becomes greater. His peace becomes greater than our understanding of the matter. His peace becomes greater. It's not on us. His peace will then guard our heart. How beautiful is that? His peace will guard our heart in Christ Jesus. Okay, it's in Jesus that our heart is guarded by peace. It's remarkable. And there's a key component to this. Belief. Agreement. Agreement is huge. We've got to believe that God is who He says He is, who we've experienced that He is, and then we've got to act accordingly. That's what this passage is all about. You know, I love when the English dictionary makes my messages just, it, 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 you know, gives me content for the messages. And it did that this week. So I'm going to read a description. um, And anyone want to guess what this is the definition of? Okay, so here's the definition. Manner, disposition, feeling, position with regard to a person, thing, or circumstance. Tendency or orientation, especially of the mind. Anybody want to guess what that's the definition of? Attitude. Attitude. Manner or disposition, feeling, position with regard to a person, thing, or circumstance. Tendency or orientation, especially of the mind. Orientation, especially of the mind. So now what's the definition of orientation? Let's just, you know, I like to unpack, you know, just kind of see how things kind of fall. Here's the definition of orientation. Hear this. The ability to locate one's self in one's environment or position in relation to true north. That's orientation as defined by Webster or Miriam or whatever. Paul just said, when we remember who our God is, when we trust, when we lay down our cares, that God will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, Jesus is our true north. And when we trust and we believe and we pray and we come to him, It orients us in Him, our true north. It positions us in Him. It it affects our attitude, our manner, our disposition. 
too often we we try and find some semblance of true north in self. We try and find it in ourself. We try and find it in our strength or our understanding or our problem solving or our control because there's a couple of us in here that really like to be in control instead of trusting in the Lord, instead of relinquishing control and saying, Lord, I, I give it to you. So how do we, how do we do this? How do we do this? Philippians 4, 8 spelled it out to us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that again and, and just to kind of back up on the end. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So friends, I want to encourage you. This is big, fat, juicy, awesome, spiritual stuff. Think on these things. It's a spiritual concept. A lot of times we, we, we do things too complicated. We try and complicate it too much. We're like, yeah, but it didn't say I got to pray in the spirit for five minutes. No, it didn't. It didn't. It said, think on these things. But it didn't say I've got to... No, it, you don't have to do anything. It didn't say any of that. It said, think on these things. This is a spiritual concept. It's from the Word. It's from Scripture. Yeah. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And this, after he, after God's talking, this, this is, you know, breathed. I mean, it's Paul writing, but it's God talking. After he just got done saying, be anxious for nothing, but, but it, it, with a heart of thanksgiving, lift your requests, your petitions to me. And then I'm going to guard your heart in Christ Jesus. This is what he immediately responds with. Whatever is true. Think about it. Whatever is true. Think about it. Not what's false. Not what's uncertain. Not what's a lie. What's true. I love that he starts with that. Whatever is true. See, I think it's the uncertain part that gets us. Because see, uncertainty is not truth. Like when there's something, a situation up in the air and we don't know how it's going to land, okay? It's uncertainty, but it's not truth. The outcomes could vary. And we're reminded whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is not contrary to God's character, that's what honorable is. It's honorable is in accordance with God's character. So he's saying, just don't think of stuff that's, that's contrary to God's character. We're supposed to emulate God's character. Whatever is just. Whatever doesn't contradict God's commands. Okay? He's saying, think about the things. Think about my commands. Think, think about what's just. Whatever is pure. And I love that one. Not grimy, not dirty, not... I mean, there's so much... The, the world just leaves this film of filth on so many things. And he's saying, think about what's pure. Whatever is lovely or pleasing. 
You know, there's a couple words used here where this is the only time in the entire Bible that these words are used. And this is one of them. Whatever is lovely, whatever is pleasing to God, whatever is commendable. So check this out. This is, this is phenomenal. So I looked this up in the concordance. This is the definition of that word concordance. And tell me if it sounds like something familiar, okay? This is the definition, the, you know, the Greek translation of the word commendable. The uttering of words of good omen, speaking auspiciously, promising success and favor. That's what commendable means. Uttering words of good omen, speaking auspiciously, promising success and favor. That sounds a lot like the prophetic to me. That sounds a lot like, like prophetic words, you know, being spoken that speaks of God's favor upon us. The promises and the prophetic words of God, it says, think on these things. Okay. So Paul's like, whatever is this, whatever is this, whatever is this, whatever is this, right? He goes down and there's six of them. He's like, what just, just follows his formula. And then he throws a curveball. And then he, he swips, he switches up, flips up the script and changes his vernacular. And he kind of uses different verbiage. And in my mind, I, I think I know why, you know, I, I, or at least maybe I, I think that's what I would do. And so I'm like, thinking that that's why he would do this. But he changes his terminology to make it super easy for us. And Paul does this. He says, if there's anything excellent, would you think on that? If there's anything worthy of praise, think on that. See, prior to that, he uses some spiritual terms. Of those six words above that he uses, you know, true and commendable and, and pure, he uses some that have spiritual connotation. And then he, he hits pause and he goes, if there's anything excellent. Man, he just opens up the parameters. Anything. Think on these things. Now let's think about that for a second. And sometimes when we are feeling low and we're feeling down and we can't be talked out of God's goodness. And it's like, hey pal, what's wrong? Everything. Wow. Everything's wrong. That's a lot. That's a lot. You got a lot going on. Yeah. Is there anything going good? No. No. That's a bummer, man. There's, there's got to be something good, right? Maybe. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Maybe it's all right. What, what, what's good? Puppies. Pu- puppies are good. Okay. Good. Good. You thought of something lovely. Puppies. Yeah, but then they poo. But then they, no, no, don't think about the poo. No, don't think poo. Stick with me. Stick with me, goose. Don't think poo. Go back to puppy. Okay. Okay. Puppy. Puppies are cute. Okay. Good. Good. You're, you're doing it. What else? I don't know. Pizza. I like pizza. Okay. You're, you're, you're thinking about something good. That's awesome. What else? Uh, the Broncos have a new quarterback. He might be, he might be good. You know, might have some better offense. Attaboy! I knew you could do it! See, you think I'm being, just, just being funny, but I'm being dead serious. Paul totally shifts gears and says, think about something positive. 
Set your mind on something excellent. Set your mind on something beautiful. Something. See, if I'm thinking about puppies and pizza, at least I'm not thinking about that problem. At least I'm not thinking about that heaviness. At least it's in a place where it's not on the same tier as thinking about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God, but at least I'm not thinking about all that garbage. And this is a spiritual, strategic tactic. Think on these things. I say it all the time. Meditation is not... It's not... I mean, people use it in the world, and people it, there's ungodly forms of meditation. But I'm talking about... But, but man, if we're throwing out meditation, we're throwing out the baby with the bathwater, because we're told to do it, we're, to meditate, to think on these things, to consider, to think deeply... And here it's tied into the guarding of our heart in peace. Here it's tied into the agreement of God guarding our heart in Christ Jesus. And now he's saying, set your mind on what's true, and what's honorable, and what's beautiful, and what's lovely, and what's praiseworthy, and what's commendable. Remember the promises. Remember the prophetic. Next verse, verse 9. Paul says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. There's some action that's needed. Okay, there's some action. Learned. Received. Heard. Seen in me. And then practice these things. Church, these are the ongoing actions that should be a part of our life. Learning. You guys, as long as we still make mistakes, there's room for us to learn. As long as there's immaturity or, or in any area that needs growth, then there's area to learn. We should be teachable. We're told here to make learning an action to learn from our mistakes. we got to learn to set our mind on the things of the Lord and to trust Him to receive. To receive. In my experience, people are better at giving than receiving. We, we tend to give grace better than we receive grace. We're harder on ourselves. We we tend to give uh, correction more and better than we can receive correction. We're supposed to receive. Re- receive the prophetic. Man, when we get a word from the Lord, we got to grab a hold of it. You know, I, I trust this man and I trust the gifts, you know, that the Don has. But when he spoke that, I took it to the bank. That's what, He just heard from my dad, and my dad just spoke it. The father said, I got you. And I took it to the bank, and I responded as such. Action. He said, these things which you have heard. Hearing. Not just listening, but hearing. See, hearing is deeper. Hearing is considering. Hearing is pushing past the words and hearing. 
You know, last night, you know, you know, my son and I, you know, got into it a little bit. I mean, not like fists, but, you know, just like a little bit of friction. And uh, we were both frustrated. And when he came back into the room and I'm like, oh, and I thought, I bet you he thinks I'm not hearing him because I haven't acknowledged that I'm hearing him. So I just asked him, I'm like, what am I doing this frustrating you right now? What's in our conversation? What frustrated you? And he shared and I'm like, okay, this is what frustrated me. And this is what I heard you say. And this is when I saw it turn. But I, I heard you say this. And so what can we do to move past this? But I had to demonstrate that I heard him. Not just that I was listening, but that I heard. He said, seeing. Seeing in someone else. You guys, we're meant to do life together. And we're meant to see how each other does life. And, and we're to take note of it. I mean... You do life, uh, you know, a bit differently at times than I do life. You do parenting a bit differently than I do. I have so much to learn from you and you have so much to learn from me. But, I, but I've got to see you. I've got to see the way you do things and be teachable and go, that's good. I can grab a hold of that. I can grow from that. I can, I can, and then practice. I love that Paul says, these things that you've seen me do, practice them. I love that because that's confident. Paul's like, I know my heart. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm living my life for Christ. And so as you see me do these things, practice them. Follow my lead. Follow, and he later says, follow me as I follow Christ. We're to follow the pattern of godly people. We're to follow the pattern of godly men. Godly men and godly girls. Godly women and godly boys. See, it's not just following the pattern of just men and women. There's so much we can learn from our young people as well. I want to learn innocence. I want to learn that, that childlike faith from, from the young people. There's action. So what are the benefits of this message? I don't know. First and fo foremost, I think wholeness and healing. Because I think there's just too many times when we're done praying, we do exactly what I kind of joked about. We just pick it back up and then try and solve it two seconds after we just got done giving it to our God who's mighty. And so healing and wholeness, because he says, okay, you've prayed. Peace is going to guard your heart in Christ Jesus. Now, before you shift gears back to your problem, think on what's true. And when I think on what's true, man, I think about the promises of God. I think about, about, I think about my Lord. I think about Jesus. Talk about what's true. Might as well think about the truth, which is Jesus Christ. And I know that it seems so practical that it, it can't be that easy. But I believe every word in this book. And I believe it is that easy. I started off showing a video that had a lot of snarkiness and cynicism and, and he's funny. I, I like I, I like John Christ. He's funny. But guys, if our lives are exemplified by snarkiness and sarcasm and passive aggressive digs, it looks nothing like Christ. It looks nothing like Christ. That looks nothing like Christ. There's not grace in the midst of that. There's not peace in the midst of that. There's not long suffering in the midst of that. There's just not. You can go down the, the fruit of the Spirit and you can go through all nine and go, nope, 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 nope. There's no love in that. Nope. 
And I think it's because we, we, we so consume our minds with so much garbage that what comes out is just snarky. And there's so much negativity, what comes out is negativity. And there's so much that's heavy, what comes out is just... I like the word snark. I'm going to use it again. Snark. Snark. So the benefit of this message is that we get our heart and our emotions and our minds in a place, our attitude, our attitude matters, our attitude in a place of faith and trust. The power of life and death is contained in what? The tongue. What are we speaking? What are we speaking? What are we speaking over our families and our kids and our marriages and our friends and our businesses and our day? I mean, we've had some gorgeous weather this week. And if we're not seeing the beauty and the sun and the growth and all we can see is how hot it is. Ah! Man, then we need to step back and, and think about God's goodness. Also, relationships. What's the benefit of this message? I, I think relationships. God's called us to do life together. He's called us to do life together. And you know, there is a, there's a self-preservation mechanism that we all have. And that if somebody is just only negative all the time, we will run from that person. Because we have to preserve self. It's a, it's, a, it's a fight or flight mechanism. And we have to preserve our heart. And we can't bear that much negativity. We just can't. And we'll run from them. And then that person's like, well, all my friends leave me. I know, because you're so flipping negative. Just speak some life. Well, I'm sorry. Was that, was it too real? Was that, did I go too real there? (laughs) Speak life. I'm not saying we're to live in some, you know, pastel colored sky and, and, and avoid reality. But I'm just saying, if we look at Jesus Christ and we start just describing what we're seeing, it's going to be truth. It's going to be lovely. It's going to be pure. It's going to be praiseworthy. It's going to be excellent. Right? I should have stopped before I got to that last part. That, that's for real, guys. We're his church. We're Christians. We bear His name. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We got to act like Him, and we got to look to Him, and we got to trust in Him, and we've got to let Him guard our hearts in Christ Jesus. And to do that, we just find ourselves nestled and, and and just warm and just comfy in Christ Jesus.